episode of Admitting It. I'm your girl, Nettie. And I'm your girl, Dee. And we are back with another episode during this quarantine. Um, we do want to let y'all know, during quarantine, it's kind of hard to pre-plan episodes because everything is just changing so rapidly and so quickly. So we are trying our best to kind of stay up to date with what is happening, um, what's happening, when it's happening, and just knowing that like our cycles that we're used to in admissions are changing rapidly <laughs> as well. So we're just trying to keep you all on top of your P's and Q's. But we also recognize that Zoom burnout is real and all this virtual stuff is very real. So we are doing our best to keep our episodes shorter um, so that you can come in, get the information you need and get out and go on with your day. But still, please, please, please send us questions. (laughs) We love it when you engage with us and we're doing our part to try to support you guys virtually. As I I guess we were always virtual supporters because (laughs) they listen to us, you know, um, audibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. So, D, let's do like a quick little check in. What have you been up to since our last episode? I have been gaining quarantine weight. <laughs> That's not what I. I'm sorry. I should not be laughing. That's not what I expected you to say. <laughs> what do you expect? I don't know. You look the same size virtually. Yeah. Okay. But you also can only see me from the from head up. Okay. okay. It's the, I can't fit none of my clothes. I hate it here, but oh. it's okay. You want to go on my five mile walks with me? Virtually, sure. Five miles yeah. seems like a long time. See, that's what people say. So the nice thing, this is what I have gained from my five mile walks, mostly because nobody wants to go with me. They didn't start off at five miles. They started off at three miles. And I'm like, I could do more. I could do more. Personally, I like long distance. I cannot long distance run anymore because I have really bad shin splints. So I'm like, okay, well, walking is sustainable. It's easy and it's not high intensity. Um, And so I think that is part of the reason it it can become really sustainable. But um, I found an album that like when I walk on myself, I just turn that bad boy on and I like, I just power through my workout and I just walk around my block, around my neighborhood, like, um, if I go to the track, I, I could walk around the track. I have not been to the track yet, but just like finding, I think if you find like an album or something that takes you through and then you'll realize you'll be like, oh my gosh, that was easy. And so maybe I'm out for like an hour and a half, but that's an hour and a half of you time. I don't answer no phone calls sometimes unless I'm in the mood. Um, so I don't know, it could be really good for your mental. And then just doing that like two to three times a week, I lost already like 20 pounds I might have lost a little bit more since I started but um because it's more than what we were doing you know so now that does definitely sounds refreshing uh I definitely think that would be a good use of time and also just some self-care and some exercise because you know when you work uh have free time and Mm -hmm. and guys eat all in the same place it does just start to weigh on you mentally. But no, I, I think, you know, let me know next time you're doing it and I will definitely join. Um, so we could do our virtual walks together. together yeah. And even if you want to start like lower, like maybe start at two miles and then just see how that feels and build up your stamina. I'm all for that. I used to be like the athlete in me is like, go harder, go home. You just got to start and go in and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I'm almost 30 and um. <laughs> Your body tells on you differently when you get older, so. <laughs> right, too. Right, no chill. <laughs> but what have you been up to? 
Um, I have been up to, I've been moving. So I'm completely moved out of my old place in San Diego and I'll be moving into my new place um, towards the end of, uh, towards, towards the end of um, November. So I'm really excited about it. It'll be a two bedroom, two bath. So yay. I get my own space. I get my own bathroom and I have realized like <laughs> I've got these glass shower doors. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to buy a squeegee so I can squeegee this door clean and like make sure there's no water spots. And I was watching an episode of girlfriends, I think. And they made a joke about how that was like super OCD. And I was like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah they was calling you out sis they were calling me out I felt some type of way about it um so yeah but that like that's something I'm really excited about I think and just to like have a spot that I can call my own again and like I'm in charge of like who moves in and who moves out um so that's something that's really exciting I did get sick this weekend so that was really sad um I don't have coronavirus well I'm not sure if I have coronavirus I'm almost positive I don't but my results don't come in until later on today or tomorrow. But I did um, get strep throat, which I'm really prone to. And for the first time since my doctor has recommended it in about 10 years, <laughs> um, I think I might ask my doctor about getting my tonsils taken out because oh, strep throat wow. hurts. And I feel like it's only either my pain tolerance is going down as I'm getting older or the pain is like really getting worse as I'm older. So I've had strep throat like more times than you could ever count on two hands. And I didn't even catch it for the first time until college. So that's a, like, that means I've gotten strep throat more than once a year. Um, and it's just, uh, God, it's just so bad. I mean, I do remember the pain this time not being as bad as it was when I first caught it, like maybe a year ago. Um, but, oh gosh, it was, it was just so bad. I went to the doctor yesterday and they were like, are you, I guess my blood pressure was high. I was like earlier. And so they were like, are you, they go, are you in pain? I was like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, on a scale from one to 10, where are you? And I'm like, like a nine. And I'm like about to cry. She's like, okay, we'll get you some medicine for that right away. So I feel a lot better. <laughs> I'm glad you feel better. Yeah. Thank you. I can even like talk now, like yesterday I could like barely project and like, I had to go to like a drive through to get some tea. So I was like, drink some tea. It'll soothe your throat. No. Mm. Cold stuff is, cold stuff is really the easier to drink and eat when you have like strep throat because I think it, it just like numbs your throat in a way and I don't I don't know what the warm does but it it was not helpful it made it harder to swallow and I didn't like it so I ordered this large medicine ball tea which is actually my favorite tea from Starbucks and I only had like five sips of it and I just threw the rest away and then I went to um to Jamba Juice and got the vitamin C booster and I was able to get to the whole thing but I was like don't overdo it so I just got a small um but yeah so that was nice so that's mostly what I've been up to and then um yeah I guess that's, that's mostly what I've been up to um in these last few weeks since the last time we recorded and just recruitment season is coming to an end and I'm not gonna lie I could not be happier <laughs> well that's good we still have um quite a few months left of recruitment yeah. but you know we did want to transition into just talking about um how your parents can best support you um during this for these virtual times and, and parents, counselors, you know, we know that you are doing your best to help students during um, application season, during their final year in high school. And so this this podcast or this episode, sorry, will be geared towards first time freshmen 
Um, so we, again, you know, counselors, parents, um, mentors, advisors, we know you're doing everything that you can creatively possible to try to help your, your students and support your students. So this episode, like I mentioned, is geared towards parents and just how you can best support your children during these virtual times. So we're going to start off with uh, admission terms of the day. Yeah. So our admission terms of the day, parents, we love you, but that doesn't mean we won't come for you. Okay. <laughs> so our first admission, we actually, we technically have two admission terms of the day, and then we have a comparison between the both. So our first admissions term of the day is a helicopter parent. So <laughs> what is a helicopter parent? We've got two different definitions here. So a helicopter parent is a parent who takes an overprotective or excessive interest in the life of their child or children. Um, so some college officials see all this as the behavior of an overindulged generation raised by uh, helicopter parents and lacking in resilience. So we also see a helicopter parent as a parent who pays extreme close attention to a child or children's experiences and problems, particularly at educational institutions. Helicopter parents are so named because like helicopters, they hover overhead, overseeing every aspect of their child's life consistently. So Dean and I are going to talk about this in just a moment, but we're going to give you this lawnmower parent definition as well. Um, so what is a lawnmower parent? So um, named after the device used for cutting grass, a lawnmower parent will intervene or mow down any person or obstacle that stands in the way of them, saving their children from any inconvenience, problem, or discomfort, according to a college professor who wrote a blog about it. So that's kind of the definition that we found on um, on Google. And then I found a comparison um, and I thought this was like a pretty good comparison and just make it short and simple. So to illustrate the difference, a helicopter parent might consistently check their child's homework or grades online and constantly remind them to turn in assignments. A lawnmower parent, however, may complete homework and projects for their child knowingly or not. <laughs> so those are our definitions. D... In our years of recruitment, I think we've seen many helicopter parents. I think I see more helicopter parents than I do lawnmower yeah. parents. Those are, um, lawnmower parents are definitely a special case. If you got to choose a preference, which one would you prefer and why? Um, I think both parents mean well. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely think that, you know, just understanding that as much as you want the university of your choice or your, your child's choice to be student centered and student focused, you have to also allow your student to be in control and in focus of their, the decisions that they make. So if I had to choose, I feel like a helicopter parent, um, does try, do, they do their best to advocate for their child and just try to help their child, um, accomplish any goals that they may have. But I think, they may be a little bit more inclined to allow the students some freedom to make decisions on their own. Mm -hmm. What about you? 
Um, I, I agree with you. I think they both mean well, but I think one can be more harmful to the student than the other. And so like, I think helicopter parents, they're just like overseeing everything. They just want to make sure that the child is on top of their P's and Q's as opposed to the lawnmower parent to me. And <laughs> it's funny because like, as I read that, I think about a lawnmower parent, I think about this one specific case. Um, but I think lawnmower parents really in the long term um, set their students up to to fail, right? And so because they're always doing everything for their child, that is now their child's expectation in life. And I always tell students, I tell people this all the time, your very first taste of the real world is when you apply to college and it is not fun tasting it. And it's not fun tasting it like if it's for the first time and it's so different than you thought it was, right? And so like, I remember when I applied to college, I got denied to like a lot of colleges that I wanted to go to. And you think I've got personality, everyone loves me. Like they don't see your personality through an application. So if you didn't take the time to do it, then oh well, right? But then two, when I got accepted to this institution, I thought I really had until May 1st, but then all the spots were taken up for housing at least. And so then my admissions got uh, rescinded or declined because I didn't have housing and I, and because I waited till the last moment to say, yes, I want to go to this institution. And then me and my mom had to kind of go through this whole thing and this whole appeal process. Then I got accepted onto the volleyball team. Then they had to give me housing. And then that's how I got into my institution. Right. So there were a lot of little factors, but that was hard because now I might not have been able to go to the school that for me was my only like real option because of the other schools I had gotten accepted to, I applied to, but didn't really want to go to anyways. So it, um, so it was just like interesting. And so I was like, oh, wow, like I could see how that, like, that was like a really big wake up call for me. And then I've seen that with cousins. Um, but this one specific example that I think of was I had a student who got accepted to one of my institutions. Um, and, and really got into the major that they wanted, which was a really difficult major to get into, practically got like, a, got a really good financial aid package, like they wouldn't have had to come out of pocket for anything. And there was just this one itty bitty thing that, that in the grand scheme of things wouldn't have really affected their education at our institution. And they didn't want to come because of that and then asked us to change it. And then I was like, well, we can't, you, there's a whole process to do that. And you can't do that until you become a student. And they're like, well, if I don't get it, if you guys don't change this, then I won't get accepted right? or that I, then I won't come to your institution. And we're just like, okay, well, <laughs> that's, and then where I thought that the mother or the parent was going to be like, oh, you know, like this is, you know, this is real life, sweetie, blah, blah, blah. So here are your decisions. And I'm glad that you came and talked to them. The parent was like, well, there's nothing you can do about that. Why can't you change it? And then it just became this whole thing. And I was like, okay, man, like <laughs> calm down like this. And so then that's when I realized like this was like a lawnmower parent and this parent was going to go through and do anything to make sure that their student could have exactly what their student wanted and not be disappointed. And I'm like, that's not real life. They're not always gonna get the job. They're not always gonna get the, the major that they wanted. They're not always gonna get the internship that they want, but like they still have to recognize like this is still an opportunity and it's an opportunity at a great institution. And you're telling me we're one of your top choices. So why let this one minor thing change trajectory of where you go because it's not exactly how you want it, you know? So. I just felt like in the long run, that really could have set the student up to to um, to fail because they're going to get to college. Like their parents aren't going to college for them, so when they get to college, you're going to have to do all your own assignments. You don't have to do. You're going to have to navigate a lot of these problems by yourself. Your parents, 
once you become a student, there's FERPA. So unless you sign a waiver that says my parents can have access to my records, which most students will not do, and for good reasons, um, <laughs> your parents won't be able to do anything for you. So this is really like where you get to um, to become independent as a student. So that's so to me, I think um, you could be a helicopter parent, but still do it in a beneficial way for the student. But I don't see many benefits of being a lawnmower parent. No, I agree. College is um, probably a student's real first disappointment in terms of entering the real or adult world or making that transition from teenage to adulthood. And, you know, again, we we understand that your goal as a parent is to try to support your student or your child and to try to be there and for be there in ways for them that they don't really know that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this episode is about. So we're going to transition into ways that you can support your child as they begin to transition um, through the admissions process for their dream school, um, as they begin to transition out of high school, and just how your support and your guidance can best suit them as they make those transitions. So the first thing that we want to talk about is that um, support system. So we know we're in virtual times. Usually when we would see, you know, the whole gang, the whole family out at these college fairs, um, asking questions and really just getting your first taste Um, as Nettie said, of college and just the application process, you now have to do all of those things virtually. So now the family is at home, probably probably in your living room or your bedroom, um, doing virtual tours, talking to admission representatives through Zoom or, you know, virtual appointments. And so it is still important to support your children and to make sure that you are with them throughout this process, but there's, it's just going to look a little different for this um, application cycle. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a few ways that we kind of thought of like, how can I as a parent support my child, but not feel overbearing to them. And so there are a few things. So we often, um, as we're in the virtual setting, we oftentimes see parents sitting in on the virtual appointments with their children. I think that's great. I know sometimes students, you're like, oh, I don't want them here. And I'm so overwhelmed and go away and blah, blah, blah. And they're really embarrassed. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. But if, if you as a parent are like, I want to give them more space, then make your own virtual appointment with us. And you can put in, a lot of times you can put in the notes like, hey, I'm just a parent. Um, And sometimes you won't be able to, but once you get on, just say, I'm just a parent. I'm just trying to figure out how to best support my children. And then you can ask your questions that way. And then now your child has spoken to the school. You've spoken to the same school at different times. And now you're able to to get the information that you need from from the school. So I think that's a great way that you can give your students space, but still be supportive of them in the process. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, a lot of times... um, some parents may fault their children for not taking all the proactive steps or knowing the admissions process, but this, like, as we know, this is a new process for them. Mm -hmm. So when you understand the process as a parent, you get to give them that space, or maybe you reconvene with them, like, hey, you know, so I noticed you attended that virtual session. What did you learn? 
And then you can also maybe on the things that they forgot or they didn't mention, you can also say, well, yeah, um, did you also do this? Because, you know, I noticed that they required this. So you can give more input instead of coming from a place of, well, you should have known better or you should have did this. Because, again, it is their first their the first go round. Um, they don't know all the things to do. They don't always ask the appropriate questions that you may know to ask. So when you, you know, kind of like Nettie says, give them that space to learn it on their own. And then you also follow up behind what they've learned. It becomes more of a, co- uh, just a collective effort or a collaboration versus more so of a dictatorship where it's like you're in the appointment, you're asking all the questions, you're overstepping on the student, and now they don't get that freedom to express or you don't even know if they know the right questions because you never mm-hmm. gave them the opportunity to talk and to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you make a really good, sorry not to cut you off, you make a really good point. I like the words that you're using and saying like how like, a parent could be like, you should have done this and you should have known that. And that could be really overwhelming. And also you tired of your teenagers cutting eyes, but they're going to cut their eyes as soon as you say, well, you should have known that. They're like, okay, whatever. You're going to get a cut of the eyes and a roll of the neck. And it, it's not a productive conversation for anyone because at this point, your child has stopped listening. Your students stopped listening to any and everything that they said because now they're irritated with you and they don't want to hear what you have to say. So if you want them to be more open and receptive to hearing what you are saying to them and realizing that you are here to help them and to guide them that means that you are actively going to have to change the way that you speak to them the verbiage that you use the tones that you use um and all of those things I mean you all know I'm like really big on my mental health and (laughs) I do a lot of studying and listening to my therapist and listen to my other friends who are in the profession on how we can communicate better and we don't always recognize that something as simple as tone can miscommunicate something to us so effective communication and how can you do that especially in such a sensitive time and such a big time in their life yeah no no doubt um communication is huge um for students and you sometimes have to approach them as more than just your child and understand that they're going through their own um process right now in terms of how to deal with this being their last year of high school, which is the year that we're students look forward to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not having that freedom or leisure to be able to be a senior um, and do senior activities and, you know, all these fun things that they have prepared their their high school um, journey for. And I think, you know, that that's a great transition into also in terms of supporting your your children or your students, make sure that you check in with them and you um, you will you kind of make sure that they're taking the necessary mental health breaks that they need. Um, In our previous episode, we talked about Zoom fatigue and ways to combat that. So make sure you listen to that if you're a parent. That way you can kind of just check in with your child, make sure that they're doing the things that they need to, to make sure they don't get burned out. Because, you know, we don't know what the future holds, um, but we do want to make sure that for students who are going to a four-year university or a community college are best prepared for what it's going to look like when they make that transition, um, whether it be online or whether it be in-person, face-to-face courses. Yes. Um, when you said the Zoom fatigue, um, yes, that was one of our points too and why we wanted to create this is because we recognize that it can be really hard for students 
after they've been in this virtual school all day, all week, to then on the weekends, ask them to get back on the computer and fill out an application. <laughs> so give them that space um, that they need. Give them a little bit of time to disconnect completely. And I, I tell students this all the time. No one ever wants to listen to me. But even more so now, this is going to be really like important and really helpful. Don't come in your application and try and do the bulk of it in one day chip away at it slowly day by day because if you are spending 20 minutes on one application throughout two weeks it's a lot easier to get done and there's not as much mental fatigue as if you are spending hours on one application for two or three days and it still takes you almost a week to do it you know what i'm saying like now you can ask the question that you need okay i'm done with this section Woo, i can walk away from it and then come back it's really important that right now in this virtual environment that you are giving um your space and giving your child their space and their time or their, your student their space and their time to disconnect from all the virtualness um, of this world. Um, I was um, also going to say, gosh, how does it keep leaving me this quickly? Well, there's another really big point. Um, do, do you remember this point that I was going to tell the parents about okay. going to the, the same virtual events? So Ask your student, hey, can I just sit on this virtual event with you? Can I send some questions? If your student says no, respect the boundary and just sign up for the event. <laughs> just say, okay, well, send me the link. Sign up for the event and take it in a different room. Um, that way you can still get that same information that your student's getting. And, and I, listen, I remember being in high school and I am now an adult. And so I know how this information gets to students and gets to adults very differently. So sit in on those events if you can. Sit by them for the virtual appointments that they let you. Don't overtake the appointments. Don't overdo that. Um, but sit there, be supportive. And also my favorite question, I don't know if D, you like this question um, or it's usually more of a comment, but one of my favorite things to hear from students and even from parents is when they say, I don't know where to start. That's okay. You know why? Because when you tell me you don't know where to start, I start at a very basic level and then we just build from there. And then you'll start to like think of things like, oh, I should ask this question. I should ask that question. I can ask this question. I can ask that question. And so then it becomes a much more productive session as opposed to you coming in, pretending like you know something and you don't really know anything. And now you've left the conversation and you're lost. So both parents and students do not feel do not feel embarrassed by saying, I don't know where to start. Especially we have a lot of students out here who are first generation. So that means for parents, this is the first time you have seen anything related to college and you're like, how do I guide them through this? What do I do? How do I support them? What do I need to know as a parent? All of those different things. And those are all very important questions that we're here to help guide you. We are professionals in this. So let us do our job. And I also think, you know, it's it's imperative that maybe, you know, sometimes when parents are away from their children, they'll leave them like a contact list. And I think that the same applies to the schools that your children are applying to is create a contact list. Create the, the number for the admissions office. What's the email address for the admissions office? Is there a particular rep for your child's high school that you can speak to? When you have the contacts on hand and you just touch bases from time to time throughout the application process, because what I find, especially with students of color um, and me being a recruiter assigned to help students of color, that I always talk to the parents after the rescind notifications start going out and it's too late. And I'm always like, where was the parent prior to this, this 
this, the child receiving this notice. And I know now more than ever, especially if you have more than one kid, you have a household of, of, of children who need your attention. You have maybe other duties as a parent, um, other responsibilities. You're working from home. You're also trying to make sure your t- children are getting the information and schoolwork done. And so we know there's a lot of hats that even as parents you wear in terms of trying to help your students navigate this, this educational system. Um, But I do encourage you to put together a contact list of contacts for the schools that your child is expressed an interest in, maybe that they've applied to, um, maybe put some deadlines together just so that way you're aware of some of the things that are coming up. So that way you can just kind of, again, not being that necessarily helicopter parent or having to be that lawnmower parent once they get the rescind notification and now you want to blaze through everybody because you're upset, you're frustrated. Um, We really want to try to combat that and prevent that from happening. Um, So just make sure you touch bases with your your child, with the institutions, and that way you're connecting on both ends. So not only are you talking to your child to make sure they're aware of what the process is, but you're also making the connection with the university. That way, in the event that something does slip through the cracks or you are approaching a deadline, you have that contact when you need it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're pretty much out of time. So you can follow us on social media, aka social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is a maybe in the near future. We're talking about it. I don't know if we're ready for the Twitter universe yet. But <laughs> our handle name is the same on all of them, um, which is at admitnit, which is A-D-M-I-T-N-I-T. Um, that's on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to email us and ask us any questions, parents included, um, you can email us at admitnit at gmail.com. Again, that is admitnit at gmail.com. Um, right now, one of our biggest supporters is Canva. Shout out to Canva. They love us. They stay in our inbox. Um, but we would love to hear from y'all too. <laughs> um, and with that being said, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to another lecture at the University of Nettie and Dean. Apply your knowledge today.